The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. It's great to be with you guys today. I want to share some information on a really great show that we have for you today. Basically, what I want to help people understand is how we interpret the world around us. We currently are living in a world that is filled with propaganda, run by propagandists. There are agendas at play, and it is very difficult for us to look up information on our own because there's so much, and I hate using the term, uh, misinformation out there that's designed to mislead us and to prevent us from getting to the truth. One of the biggest techniques they use these days are the deployment of fact checkers. And I, of course, I hope you all realize that every time you see fact checkers deployed on a particular issue, that the reason they are there is to prevent you from getting to the truth. That is their goal. That is their desired outcome is to prevent you from seeing the truth. And nothing demonstrated this more clearly for me than the experiences that we had during the COVID pandemic. And I think what put me in a position to really understand this was I had a lot of base knowledge that was applicable to the situation we went went through. Having said that, when I was in medical school, uh, over 30 years ago, studying masks in great detail and understanding how they worked and when they worked and if they worked and knowing that masks do not, and I'm including the N95 mask, they do not work in vivo, meaning in actual practice to prevent the spread of respiratory illnesses. And for a variety of reasons, we've demonstrated the analogy of a chain link fence trying to keep out mosquitoes. It simply doesn't work. The pore size is too big. The mosquitoes can just fly right through the chain link fence. The same thing is true with these masks. The vast majority of paper and cloth masks, the virus is much smaller than the pore size. They easily go in and out. And so the masks don't function. The N95 mask, which uh, is more effective and seems to have some efficacy in a laboratory uh, does not work when you actually use it in a practice. And you might say to yourself, well, Scott, why would the mask work in the laboratory but not work when you actually use it in practice? Well, there are other things in real life that don't play out in a laboratory. For example, you have to have a clean mask and a well-fitting mask and a new mask, and you have to wear it perfectly all day. You can't fidget with your face and touch your face and move it because these little alterations in how we use the mask ultimately allow the spread of these respiratory illnesses. And when studies look at the efficacy of masks like the N95 mask in preventing spread, they don't show that it's happening. Now, because I'm not like these people out there that are trying to manipulate the world and lie to the world and prevent the world from engaging in open conversation about the issues of the day, I'm going to admit The fact that there's not a study that shows that the N95 mask works doesn't mean that it does not work. It just means that we have not been able to show that it does work. Now, I want to take a review of what we, what has happened in the last few years to help us interpret the world that's coming at us. We've learned a lot of lessons along the way and it should help us interpret the world coming at us now. And one of the biggest things that I think we've seen is that 
institutions and people of authority that we used to rely on to tell us the truth, to be expert, to share information, have completely lost their credibility, right? Whether it be the FDA or the World Health Organization or the CDC or uh, any uh, particular doctor like Dr. Fauci, the head of the NAA, what is it? The NAIAD, uh, you know, he, he was caught lying to us over and over again. And that's, listen, let's not use the euphemisms anymore. Uh, we can say, uh, that he was telling us things that were untrue, but it, the charitable understanding of what he was doing was lying. And the reason that I know this is because he studied masks in the same way that I studied masks 30 years ago and he knew full well that they didn't work. But yet he went out there over and over again, as did many other people, to try and compel people to wear these masks. They were mandated on planes and everywhere, forcing our children in, into them. And, and this is the thing that really opened my eyes is these people that were perpetrating this canard on the American people on the world didn't really care about harming their own children. And that's the thing that really has my mind confused and, you know, really wondering about this PSYOP. Like, I can understand people doing something for money. Uh, we, we know for a fact that uh, a lot of people involved in this COVID scam did it for money, whether it be hospital systems or uh, the head of institutions making claims uh, did it for money. I can understand the concept of political power that this a global pandemic gave them authority to implement mass mail-in balloting, balloting uh, during the presidential election, which helped influence the person uh, that ultimately uh, became president. But what I don't understand is how you would do this and harm your own children. We know for a fact now, okay, for you people out there listening, all right, you, you people that want to attack me. We know for a fact now that there are side effects to these vaccines, that there are, in fact, vaccine injuries. And we also know that our school-aged children have a minuscule risk, five times less chance of being harmed by COVID than they do from the flu vaccine. And prior to the COVID pandemic, I don't know too many parents that freaked out over the flu, okay? So we know for a fact that these are true. And when we go back and we review the record on who was saying what when, I think we can see the people who have credibility and the people who don't have credibility. And from my point of view, we know that the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet lied about hydroxychloroquine, right? They posted fake phony studies trying to suggest that hydroxychloroquine had cardiotoxicity. And then two weeks after the publication, they had to retract that because there was no data. Not that they misinterpreted the data, that they made a say, that it was completely made up. And I remember thinking to myself at the time that those articles came out because I had been reading about hydroxychloroquine for months at that time because my job was to manage a large medical practice and to work as a doctor. I have children and a family. I wanted to protect them. And so I was learning about what was going on, understanding, okay, we got a coronavirus coming down the pike. I know about coronavirus. I've studied that. How does it work? What can we do? I immediately get get onto the hydroxychloroquine uh, information. I start reading about it at length, and clearly it seems to be helping in many studies. At the same time, though, I'm turning my TV on, and they're saying, well, there's no studies on hydroxychloroquine, and 
we need to we need to do some studies and and then there just became and I'm thinking to myself what are you talking about like I've just been reading for 3 months about hydroxychloroquine and the news is telling me there's no information on it and that just didn't make any sense and so when the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet articles dropped I looked at it and I was cuz I was like you guys I mean this is the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet like the peer review process there is tough and I know I've published scientific data and I know what peer review is like it's very Difficult and also lengthy to get through it. And that was the other thing that was kind of weird to me. It's amazing how when the left wants to get their articles up, it seems to be peer-reviewed a lot faster than I'm used to seeing. And so I, I was reading the articles and I'm going, this is not true because I've been studying. Uh, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how this happened, but it's not true. And then, of course, two weeks later, they get retracted. But what happened in the interim? Based on that those studies, the uh, FDA and the CDC and the NIH and all these people came out and essentially banned the use of hydroxychloroquine. Now, they'll argue, well, you know, we never actually banned it. You absolutely did. Pharmacists were preventing us from prescribing the medication, which was against the law. And we're going to talk about a little bit more about that because I want you guys to be ready for the next time they try this scam. Uh, they were threatening doctors. Uh, there were certain uh, doctors in blue states that were getting letters from their uh, DEA agents that were repurposed. There was a whole scam going on to throw a wet blanket on the use of hydroxychloroquine. And so for all intents and purposes, they uh, uh, put a wet blanket on the use of hydroxychloroquine. And you might ask yourself, why would they do that? And the other thing that was really ironic to me was – <laughs> they were trying to say that hydroxychloroquine was a dangerous drug. And the reality is when you go back and I didn't know this until I started researching it, but it's, you know, this medicine has been prescribed for uh, the prevention of malaria for decades and decades. It's been dosed over, you know, billions and billions of times. And not one time has there been a life lost due to toxicity of the drug at the doses that we would use to treat uh, COVID. And so the the ironic part of this whole thing is they're literally taking one of the safest drugs in history and trying to demonize it. But they had an agenda, right? They could not have people undergoing early treatment, getting better, not needing to get the vaccine, not needing to be locked down, not needing to wear masks. They couldn't have that. And so they deployed every force available to try and prevent us uh, from getting through this thing. And that's where the story comes in. So... It's early, you know, February 2020. I got this big practice. I'm trying to figure stuff out. We know that we got this coronavirus coming out and we, uh, we, I see them, you, you know, deploying the masks and there's more and more talk of these lockdowns. And then after these, you know, fake, uh, journal articles in the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet, they essentially ban the use of hydroxychloroquine in early treatment. Um, and they, uh, start pushing other treatments, you know, fast forwarding these uh, vaccine usages. I don't want to get too much into the details, but a lot of these emergency use authorizations for these vaccines couldn't be approved by law unless there was no other treatment available, right? So if hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and early treatment had been available, then the law would have prevented them from skirting uh, the, these normal processes in order to bring a vaccine to market. And so it all kind of played into their hand. And then you had the Royal College of London, not the Royal College of London, 3.4% mortality with COVID. And I was like, 
are you guys freaking kidding me? Like, this is not even normal math. This is like, you know, this is like grade school math. You got to understand people get sick with COVID. They go to the hospital and you count, you know, let's say a uh, 100 people are in the hospital and they're sick with COVID. And then some of them get really sick, end up in the ICU. And then 3.4% of those people die. That is not a mortality rate of 3.4%, right? You guys all understand there's lots of people who have COVID out in the world who aren't in the hospital that need to be counted in that denominator, right? That was not the percentage. And it was like, I cannot believe they just said this out loud. And I remember saying it in my head, like, are they trying to freak everybody out with this lie? And sure enough, they were because after the Royal College of London came out and you know, made this statement that we had this 3.4% risk of mortality. Next thing you know, we're into the lockdowns, the masks, and then we're off to the races and we all know the scam. Now, there were a ton of lies spread throughout the entire pandemic. Uh, one of the bigger ones was on ivermectin, another one that was uh, an early treatment drug. And Rolling Stone magazine came out with an article where uh, they made a claim <clears throat> that... Um, Let's see. I got my I took a screenshot of this back in the day, but it says the report sourced to local Oklahoma outlet KFOR's Caitlin Ogle cites Oklahoma ER doctor, Dr. Jason McClea. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, who claimed that people overdosing on ivermectin horse dewormer are causing emergency rooms to be so backed up that gunshot victims we're having a hard time getting access to health facilities. As the people take the drug, McClea said, patients have arrived at the hospitals with negative reactions like nausea, vomiting, muscle aches and cramping, and even loss of sight. The scariest one I've heard of and seen is people coming in with vision loss. The doctor said, this is Rolling Stone magazine. And except it points out that the article provided zero evidence of these claims and it was later debunked. It was a complete lie. It was completely made up. But what happened? It went all across the horn. MM, uh, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, all the usual players. Oh my God, ivermectin is the worst thing ever. Even my own wife said to me, I couldn't take a horse dewormer. They went out of their way to try and demonize this drug. Did again, ivermectin, one of the safest drugs of all time. And we've just recently had a legal challenge where uh, three doctors uh, sued the FDA uh, who tried to prevent people from prescribing ivermectin. And the FDA now admits that doctors have the right to prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID. Now, this was always the case because the way the law works with the FDA is once a medication is approved for treatment, as long as the doctor uses it at the dose that it's approved for, for the interval that it's approved for, and for the duration that it's approved for, the indication for use is up to the doctor and the patient. And so as long as the patient gives consent, it is lawful to prescribe these medicines. And the reason I share this detail with you is I have a feeling that this isn't the last time we're going to experience this kind of stuff uh, in the, you know, in our lifetimes. This they obviously used this uh plan to great effect and I want you guys to understand that 
We use medications and medicine off-label all the time. Something like 40% of medications are used for other reasons than their original intent. Because medications are like a tool. They do something, and if we like what it does and we need it to treat something, we'll use it. And so a lot of medications, up to 40% of them, are used for different reasons uh, that they were originally uh, intended for. Now, the other thing I want people to understand, too, is the mask thing. I hope we never have to come back to this again. Now, I remember back in, I don't know, maybe it was December of 2019, early 2020, I started hearing rumblings of this thing going on in China because I have a big medical practice and I need stuff. I need PP&E, I need medications, I need stuff. I started talking to my staff about let's make sure that we double up on supplies so that if something happens, we don't run out of this stuff. And, you know, one of the things that was difficult to get were masks. And I just remember thinking to myself somewhere along the way that the people that I, as I started to realize that there was something foul going on, after the Royal College of London came out with their bogus 3.4% mortality, which, of course, very shortly after they got everything they wanted with the lockdowns and all that, they revised it to the more normal mortality, uh, which is uh, like 0.2%, 0.02%, something more similar to a typical flu uh, um, epidemic. Uh, but did the, did the media, did the government, did any of these agencies that we trust go out of their way to say, oh, everybody, I know we freaked you out with the 3.4% mortality rate, but the real one is this? No, they didn't do that. It was always very quietly done. They wanted to panic. They wanted you guys to panic. And for that reason, people today even still don't get what's going on. They don't get what happened. And I want to look at that a little bit here, uh, as well. But the, the the powers that be were trying to achieve a certain um, outcome, and they were preventing us from uh, getting getting to the information. And I'm never going to stop playing this because the powers that be censored us. We all know that happened, right? Doctors like Peter McCullough. Uh, and and so many others, myself, were trying to share information that was available, that was the truth. Uh, and we were shut down by big tech uh, because there was this big misinformation campaign. And what do I always tell you on this show? If somebody is trying to argue something and the other side wants to silence them rather than engage them in debate, you should be very skeptical of the person that's trying to silence them. And just to give you guys a little reminder, let's listen to Dr. Marty McCarry before Congress. Of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. 
That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. So let's think about that for a second. Isn't it ironic that all of the people that the... uh, powers that be were labeling as spreaders of misinformation and people who lost their licenses, lost their credibility, got canceled. When you go back and look at actually what they were saying, they were the ones that were accurate. And the people that do all the name calling and that are calling for the censorship, everything they said was was wrong. And and it's almost like, okay, well, let's roll the tape and let's uh, maybe if we're going to do canceling. And again, I'm not for cancellation. I'm for open debate. An open discussion. That's what intelligent, honest people do. Cancellation is what tyrants do. That's what the other side does. And I don't, I don't believe in that at all. Their ideas are stupid. And so it's easy to confront them. But I need you guys to understand what's happening here. These people lie all the time. And yet we still have to listen to the likes of Rachel Maddow and I mean just all the clowns on CNN and MSNBC who just lie to you all the time about everything and then when they get caught they just kind of shrug shoulders they ignore it and then they move on to the next thing and I want to just for honest people I want you guys to understand that it is very difficult to the interpret the world that we're living in because it is so easy for people to to manipulate the way we see things. Now, I remember back in the day, my friend called me up and he, he, this is my roommate from college and he's like, and he's kind of a communist. <laughs> I say that tug in cheek. I mean, he's, he's kind of a lefty, uh, but he calls me up and he says, Scott, I need, I need the, the inside scoop about these vaccines and masks and everything that's going on. And I remember he said, I said, do you want the long answer or the short answer? And he's like, well, I don't want to be on the phone for two hours, but tell me what's going on. So I start sharing him the story from the beginning about the Royal College of London and mortality rate and coronavirus and, you know, how vaccines generally work and all this kind of stuff. And and then I said, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet just published studies that they had to retract because they made it up. And this is the thing that makes me crazy. He's like, well, you know, everybody was under pressure to get information out there and they made a mistake. And I'm like, dude, that is not what happened. They made up stuff. It was a completely fabricated, no information. They were, they were lying and it was done on purpose. And so I get to the end of my explanation. I had many more facts and evidence that I've shared on this show many times. And he's, I, and then I said, I'm like, dude, you know who I am. You know, I'm not like this bomb throwing kind of guy. You know, I'm not a psycho. I'm just a regular guy. And he goes, yeah, I hear you. I get you and I trust you. And he goes, but what you're asking me to believe is that the entire world 
is involved in a conspiracy. And I said to myself, it does kind of seem like that, but if you break it down into its individual parts, people are doing things that they've done throughout history, which is they do stuff for money and power. And that's really what's happening. We had politics and power and money all coming together in a confluence, and there were alliances made. And it wasn't even a coordinated thing necessarily in a lot of ways. It was just a dovetail thing. I need people to behave a certain way. Let's just go to the head of uh, NIH and let's go to Fauci and let's just put money in his pocket and ask him to say stuff and that will manipulate things. And you could see in real time that this whole thing was a battle to get everybody vaccinated, get everybody masked, and uh, obviously to move money. That's the next thing that's a big deal is this scary spending of trillions of dollars that we don't have devaluing our money and causing horrible inflation. And there's really no pushback. It's like, oh, we got a pandemic. We're going to spend $2 trillion. Everybody agree? Yes. And on we move to it. And people like me are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's itemizing that money? Who's making sure that that money's going where it's supposed to be going? And who's making sure nobody's skimming off the top? And the answer is nobody's doing that because, of course, we're all skimming off the top. Same thing in Ukraine. People ask me about my opinion on Ukraine. And my opinion is I have no idea what's going on in Ukraine because the only people who tell me about it are the people who are lying to me about every other thing. And so I don't have an opinion on it. But I do know this. People that I know to be dirty scoundrels uh, for all of time on every issue are all about going to Ukraine and spending money. And so that makes me skeptical about it. If I'm on the same side as Nancy Pelosi uh, and Mitch McConnell about wanting to spend money over in Ukraine, then I'm against it without knowing any other information, uh, especially when our own border is wide open. We're watching our kids die of fentanyl overdoses and things like that. We're watching human trafficking. I mean, you know, the great movie Cry Freedom, uh, with Jim Caviezel just came out. It was number one at the box office, sharing the stories about the human trafficking. Uh, why is that not the biggest thing in the news anymore? It's the powers that be want to control the way we think about things, the way we see things, and we have to be ever vigilant that what we are seeing is verifiable. And now with uh, AI, artificial intelligence, they have the ability to make videos of people doing anything they want and so you're going to think you're seeing something with your own eyes and you're going to and you're going to it's going to be a lie. And so how do we protect ourselves from this false narrative that is constantly being played to us to get us to believe a certain way, to behave a certain way and to see things a certain way? And I'm just wanting to break down a few of these small issues on the small scale so that you can be vigilant on a bigger scale. And also, as things change, you can be ready, ready uh, to digest it and internalize it like this artificial intelligence thing is going to be more and more of an issue. But, you know, the Cochrane Library review just came out. So, you know, masks, saying masks didn't work, used to get you canceled. If you didn't use your mask, you got thrown off planes. Kids, you know, were forced to mask in school and there was all kinds of negative things that happened there. And one of the things I always like to point out, you ever notice they never defined what a mask was? I mean, I knew this right off the bat because as I was trying to get my own PPE for my own company, I realized like getting masks for everybody was going to be a problem. And for the people that were trying to perpetrate this canard on us, they were going to realize what I was realizing, that there's no way to get masks to every person on the planet. And so they had to be very careful about never defining what a mask was so that they wouldn't ever be limited uh, 
by giving them out, right? If they mandated masks and people couldn't have masks, then we wouldn't use them and it would mess it up. So they just left it kind of this vague thing. And I can't remember what that actress's name uh, was. Uh, she's a crazy leftist, but she was wearing this yarn thing on her face that was like so holy and, 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 you know, just so not a barrier. And it was just utterly ridiculous. And I'm sitting here screaming at the top of my lungs, who's falling for this? And sadly, too many people fell for it and they're still falling for it. And it was driving me insane because I had studied masks for decades and understood the ins and out of it and that didn't work. And I knew that the people that were trying to tell you that it did work were lying. And now the other thing too is when I would say this, I got canceled, right? So we weren't allowed to talk. My social media is still throttled everywhere I go. So that's another thing. Don't believe that what you're seeing on social media is a fair uh, sharing of ideas. It's not. My media is still shut down. And even with Elon on Twitter, you know, you might say, well, Elon's opening it up. It doesn't matter. The people who work there are policy. And the people generally who work at these social media company companies have a left wing bent to them. And they're going to try and prevent uh, the, you know, v- views that they don't approve of from getting out there. And they justify it with this idea of misinformation. And that's the thing that's really scary is that people are doing totalitarian things and they're doing it, justifying it, saying, well, in, in the end, it's a, a greater moral good. And that is just how we get ourselves straight to hell. Uh, Congressman Harold Ford was, I think he was on the five with Greg Gutfeld the other day. And they were talking about all the indictments coming down against Trump. And Greg Gutfeld correctly was pointing out that these indictments are all a political joke, that it's purely political. Uh, it's just that there's no rational person that that believes this stuff. And Harold Ford said, well, don't you believe Trump had it coming? As if to say, like, I don't even care if they're that way. It's just we don't like the guy. And so we're willing to overlook this corruption to get this short term in. And man, that is a fast way to a totalitarian state. But what I want to do now that I have this short moment where I can kind of get this free speech out, I'll probably be canceled for this stuff later. But let's review the Cochrane Library uh, report. Now, the Cochrane Library, the Co- I'm, I'm reading this uh, from the Cochrane Library. It says, the Cochrane Library, named after Archie Cochrane, is a collection of databases in medicine and other healthcare specialties provided by Cochrane and other organizations. At its core, it's the collection of Cochrane Reviews, a database of systematic reviews and meta-analysis which summarize and interpret the results of medical research. The Cochrane Library aims to make the results of well-conducted controlled trials readily available and is a key resource in evidence-based medicine. Now, everybody agrees that the Cochrane Library is the, is the, is the repository of, uh, scientific information. And here's the other thing. You know, a lot of people feel like scientific uh, data is, you know, you do one study on something and the answer says, you know, yes, and then we're done with that and we move on to other things. And that is not how it works. You can do a hundred studies on the same thing and get a hundred different results that maybe don't conclude anything, but they might suggest things. And so as scientists, we're trained to read scientific articles critically by looking for different areas of bias, understanding that there's no there's no scientific research that has no bias, but we look for bias and we look for quality studies. Is it blinded? Is it randomized, controlled, crossover? 
And we internalize that information and we put it together with our knowledge and experience overall. And the, this idea that you get a, a research uh, evidence, you know, based paper, a peer reviewed paper that gives you the definitive answer and you can never argue with it again is ridiculous. I've seen very good papers on the same subject and one shows something and the, the other shows the opposite of it. And we kind of think to ourselves, well, we're kind of at the beginning again. We, we don't really know anything and we got to keep figuring it out. And you guys need to understand that too, that people who are trying to manipulate that the way we think and the way they see we, the world are always trying to put these scientific studies in front of us and the scientists to try and influence the way we see things. Now, the Cochrane Review came out on masks and concluded this was a review of all the studies uh, that have been done that, and it looks at quality of studies and the conclusion was that paper masks don't work cloth masks don't work and even the N95 masks don't work at preventing the spread of transmission of respiratory illnesses so that's out there that is it and that's what Dr. Marty Macari was talking about what do we do with that Cochrane review I know what I'm doing if you're somebody like Anthony Fauci or any other person on the news or whatever that was trying to tell me mass work and that I'm canceled if I bring, I'm never listening to that person again. You know, that's why I really don't watch many news outlets anymore, Fox included. You know, after what they did during the election with calling Arizona when Arizona wasn't to be called and was a big deal, they're all in on it, you know. And now you see Fox getting rid of anybody they don't like, Tucker Carlson. From a purely business standpoint, Tucker Carlson was their best guy, and they got rid of him. Why? Because they don't like the questions he's asking, and they don't like the way he gets us looking at the world. And they want to shut it down and convince us that uh, we're not seeing what we're seeing. Now, if you doubt me, I want you to listen to this exchange between Bill Maher and Jimmy Kimmel, because this is making my exact point. You know, I'm just, I, you know, it's safe. We, we're doing everything we can. And enjoy, live life. You did get it. In Embrace me. life. You did get it. I got it after I was vaccinated. The, the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm-hmm. And Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. Forty-one percent of Democrats. And the answer is between one and five percent. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh. because it's much harder for every touring act to sell tickets in blue states. Oh, interesting. They're afraid to go out of the house. I see. Whereas in red states, it's all good to go. Uh-huh. You I promise I... Listen, I, you know, the thing that... There's so much there, right? And they're missing most of it. So it's weird to me that... Uh, Bill Maher is having a moment of clarity in his thinking. And I'm asking myself, okay, Bill, who I generally believe is a smart guy, and he would be funny if he wasn't a communist leftist. But he finally sees through the scam on the on the COVID debacle, right? They're lying to us about the origins. They're lying to us about early treatment. They're lying to us about masking. They're lying to us about vaccinations and their safety. They're lying to us about how dangerous the COVID virus itself was. He's admitting it. And then he points out that the people who are the most duped are the people on the left. Now, doesn't that beg the question, 
Do you really think that those people that lie, and that's what they were doing, they were lying to you. Do you really think the only thing they lie about was COVID? I mean, they're lying to you about everything else too, right? You know, I always ask people, and listen, I don't, I don't, I hate getting into the whole Trump thing, uh, because, uh, you know, th- th- it always devolves into this. You, you, you say that Trump is the greatest person in the world and that he has no flaws. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, He's no different than any of these other people. I mean, certainly if you compare Trump to Biden, I find Biden to be the more despicable guy. He's a known liar and grifter. And I mean, he's been taking out, taken out of presidential elections in the past because he got busted lying about everything all the time. And, you know, I'll ask people, you hate Trump. Why? And they'll say back to me, well, you know everything. And I'll say, okay, I don't want everything. Just give me one thing. And it's like, ah, you know, everything. And they can't do it. And the thing is, they don't know any specifics about, and it's true about everything. You know, they'll say it all the time, like, Trump's being brought up on all these crimes. And it's like, okay, what crime? Ah, you know, all of the crimes. Okay, what crime did he commit? You know, I can tell you crimes Joe Biden committed and Hillary Clinton committed. You know, I mean, actual crimes, you know. Hillary Clinton got busted with thousands of classified emails on a private server. That is a factual crime. Jim Comey, the FBI director, came out. And remember, he gave that big speech. Hillary did this. Hillary did that. And everybody was sitting on the edge of their seat like, oh, my goodness, is he actually going to indict Hillary? And then he goes, you know, no rational prosecutor would bring these charges. What are you talking about? Like, that sounds like a rational person actually would do that. But with with Trump, they never give you like what he did. He brought home classified info to Mar-a-Lago. What are you talking about? He's the president of the United States. This has already been litigated. If he brings it home, he is tacitly saying that it's no longer classified. End of story. You know, but they deploy the FBI to go and attack him. And I'm just saying, interpret the world around you. You've got this this global cabal of people that have been attacking him uh, with these fake uh, impeachments that lose, you know, and it's like people just don't seem to get the the point like, yeah, they lost because it was a big joke. And, you know, the first thing, it's just so amazing to me. He gets busted for a quid pro quo, right? He's the, they said that uh, the whistleblower who, you know, that whistleblower we got to protect, but any other whistleblower that's talking about uh, the malfeasance of the Biden administration, those people are to be persecuted. But, you know, the whistleblower comes out and says that he was on the phone call with Zelensky and he offered a quid pro quo, basically saying that Trump said, if you don't investigate Hunter Biden, then you're not going to be getting uh, government aid, right? So it's like, all right, that was the quid pro quo. Then Trump released the transcript of the phone call and it wasn't in there. Now, did they abandon the impeachment? No, they went on as if they we didn't all just read the 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 transcript of the phone call that shows that what they're saying he did, he did not do. And I'm talking about people on the right, too. You know, will the gentleman from Kentucky concede and yield his time? I yield to the What are you talking about? They're lying about this impeachment and, and people went through this with taxpayer dollars and he got through it. And so I'm asking you people to interpret the information that's coming around you. I just played you. I just showed you the Cochrane Library that shows that masks don't work. And what I'm really hoping is that you guys never allow them to deploy the masks again. You heard Marty Macari talking about the greatest better of misinformation in the last couple of years has been the United States government on everything. You just heard Bill Maher and Jimmy Kimmel looking at statistics, and even they were recognizing that 
liberals believe everything is false because they're being lied to all the time and they suck it up. And Jimmy Kimmel laughing like maniacally there. He's one of the spreaders of misinformation. He was one of the major guys who was out there um, uh, canceling people and berating people, uh, particularly about masks, because I was particularly enraged by him uh, during the pandemic. And here he is laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got we got busted. Now, the reason that the left never wants to have conversations about this and the reason that they don't want to have debate, the reason that they use these terms like misinformation and no spreader, of, you know, known spread of misinformation. And we need to suppress this information because it's dangerous is because if they ever were to engage in debate over these issues, they would look a lot like this. This is Congressman Tom Massey questioning John Kerry on climate change. And I just want you to hear how this goes. of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere. Hang on. Uh, 406, 406 today. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware... 350 being the level that scientists have said is dangerous. Okay, are you aware... 350 is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over 1,000 parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It's um, Let me just share with you that we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. The reason you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have seven billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed up. Did geology stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, this is just not a serious conversation. Your your testimony is not serious. (laughs) I agree. All right. So you see, you see what's going on there, right? John Kerry, just with just a cursory debate on this climate scam, which to me is one of the most laughable things ever. And the, the thing that makes it so obvious to me is anytime anybody tries to point out like, Hey, you know, in, in Al Gore's movie, an inconvenient truth, he said New York was going to be on underwater and it's not. Can we maybe look at that? Isn't it weird how they used to have the polar bear as the icon of these climate alarmists? And then the polar bears are so uh, so high in population that it just became stupid for them to use the polar bear as their icon. So they change it. And it's like people like me are like, well, can we review some of this other stuff? No, you're canceled. Okay, well, now I'm skeptical of everything you say. And the other thing, too, is where these climate alarmists, we're not allowed to talk about climate change. We're not allowed to... Uh, ask questions. And then I ask what is going down? And it's like, well, the way that we're going to protect you from climate change is you have to give us all your money and all the power and we'll save you. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> you people who lied to me about COVID and all the rest of it, you guys who are, you know, we got Joe Biden that goes around bragging that he decreased the debt by $1.7 trillion. He keeps saying it over and over and over and over again. And yet the debt has gone up $5 trillion on his watch. Okay. 
So I don't know how you can decrease it. And you guys know we're about ready to have another debt ceiling debate, right? We always have a debt ceiling argument to raise the debt ceiling. I have a question. I want you to riddle me this, Batman. If Joe Biden cut the debt by $1.7 trillion, first president in history to do it, he's such an amazing guy, Bidenomics, why do we have to have another fight about raising the debt ceiling? I mean, the stupidity of these people is so amazing. And what's happening is we live in this world that says you either agree with what the regime is telling you to say, and if you don't, you will be canceled. You will be deplatformed, and you will be punished in any way possible so that we eliminate you. Dude, this is how totalitarianism takes over. You need to see what's happening. And the biggest issue is medicine is the tool that they're using to gain this power, you know, and they try to use the World Health Organization as this noble entity. They're just out there, you know, learning about medicine and helping with the health of the planet. Dude, the World Health Organization is an arm of the United Nations, which is one of the most corrupt bodies on the earth. That's why we have resisted ever ceding power uh, to these United Nations. You know, we know that countries that are very bad actors, uh, you know, try to tell us uh, how we should uh, live our lives. Uh, I remember reading about this when I was a kid, learning about World War One and Woodrow Wilson trying to start his League of Nations. And as a young, naive child, I thought to myself, why would anybody not want to be in the League of Nations? Like, I, nobody wants to have a war, and World War One was so horrible, and let's just be good people and sit around a table, and we'll just all figure it out and get along. And the adult version is... There are a lot of evil people out there and not every place on the planet is a constitutional republic where there's, you know, a, a, a fidelity to the idea that all men are created equal and that we have equal rights under the law and that we have constitutional rights given to us by God that are protected. Now, we're not doing a very good job of living up to that either, but most other countries are far worse off than we are. And so I don't want to negotiate with these people. Their their motives are not... Um, and when I say negotiate, what I mean is I don't want to allow them to vote on how things are going to be done because their motives are not pure. And so I need people to understand that, um, you know, the world that you're viewing, the world that you're seeing around you is being manipulated at all times. And we all are, myself included. And you have to be constantly vigilant uh, in order to figure out, you know, what you're seeing, um, what you're hearing, uh, what your uh, understanding of things is. And it allows us to make proper decisions about things. Now, I'm, you know, they recently just came out with a, a research paper that showed that, you are more likely to catch COVID the more vaccinated you are, okay? That is a crazy thing. And when you look at the report uh, in the um, – I'm, I'm trying to find it here. When you look at the report from the uh, people who wrote the article, I'm blanking on the, the, the location. I, I posted it last week, uh, and I'll find it again. But I had a screenshot here of – uh, their, their findings and their conclusions while looking at the report. And what they said was, here, hang on one sec. 
Okay, it was a Swiss... The Swiss study, it was a Swiss study of excess deaths. Vaccine effects up to one in 35 people have received the mRNA COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, and what they discovered was that you are more likely to, to catch the COVID virus the more vaccinated you are. So people who have been boosted three and four times are, are having the, uh, worse Results. Now, it's one study, right? But it bears talking to. And when somebody like me says, Hey, I want to talk about this study. Let's see how it dovetails into what we know about COVID. It's like, No, you're canceled. No, we're not going to talk about that. No, the vaccine is totally safe. Shut up. Get your kids vaccinated again. And it's like, Well, I don't know. My kids don't really seem to be at risk from this. And, you know, they, they attack you. And, um, you know, we're going to have to get better at internalizing the information that we get and being able to figure out uh, what what we're seeing. Now, you have to understand how medicine dovetails into this. The Constitution of the United States of America has been a big impediment to the globalists who want to create a one world order with a global government. And the reason they want to do this is because it's easy to uh, take the money Right from countries that are all under this global uh, governing government body, and and take it for themselves and spread it around to their friends. Right, we saw it. We're seeing it with Ukraine. Right, billions and billions of dollars going to go to Ukraine with no real debate, no seemingly any any interference put up uh, to block it. We know that a lot of these money these monies are going to buy guns. A lot of these guns are ending up in gangs in Ukraine and also gangs on our southern border. Who's itemizing this kind of stuff? There's no debate over it. We have a big global pandemic. They spent trillions of dollars. There's no discussion of it. It's just they're moving on. And so they're starting to see that, like, wow, if we have this World Health Organization that can just invoke medical necessity, it'll be really easy for us to fleece money from taxpayers around the world. I want you to hear this. Uh, this is posted on Twitter by Grace Chung from uh, The War Room, uh, which is uh, – um, Steve Bannon's uh, site. I want you to listen to this. This is the 76th World Health Assembly. In a, in a debt ceiling and spending crisis right now, we're arguing. Yeah. You see the additional billions and hundreds of billions they're committing to over there that are not even in the budgets right now. If you were to come back and present to the House, to your former colleagues, walk me through your presentation of, of what the U.S. regime is over there with no authority. They haven't, there's been no presentations to Congress about that. Kerry hasn't come and talked to anybody about this. No, nobody's talked about that. Nobody's talked about the World Health Organization. It's to complete crickets over here. They're trying to jam this through with nobody looking at it. That's where we're covering it wall to wall. Walk through, Congressman Bachman, what would you tell your colleagues? I would tell them, number one, don't even talk to Joe Biden until he agrees to pull the United States out of the World Health Organization. Number one, you, you pull it out, then we'll start the negotiations. You begin there. For this reason, they already have a pandemic treaty here that they're looking at, that they're working on. It's already written out. They already have 300 amendments to the international health rules where they're going to turn the organization from advisory to this will be the world government organization. They need to understand 
we aren't living under what we learned in our school books about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. We're living in an era where the treasonous people who are running our government are trying to build a global government. They're trying to give our sovereignty and they're trying to encourage, this is even worse, they're trying to encourage all 194 member nations to give their sovereignty over to a bum organization like the World Health Organization, driven by the climate change agenda. And this will be billions of dollars out of our treasury because of the word equity, 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 inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. It's our treasury money that will come in to this global governance, and this will be used for the funding. So are we going to get richer? We're going to get miserable and poor because our revenues are going to go into this unending pot of money. Because I'm telling you, I saw the delegates. I was with them. They all believe without a shadow of a doubt they're going to have American-style health care, and it's going to be equity, equity. And so we are going to be paying for the whole world to have what we have at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. That's what their thinking is. That's what they're led to believe. And I will tell you, I don't know if I've said this yet, the same pre-COVID narrative, that's what I'm hearing here. You would never think... We went through what we went through with the pandemic. You'd never have even a sense of that. They haven't talked one word about vaccines or adverse reactions or any of the other problems that we have or the problems with lockdowns or the problems with masking. You haven't heard one thing about that. What you've heard here is a doubling down on all the mistakes that the World Health Organization made. Oh, they're planning to double down and do more of the same and dish it out. And one year from this week is when they plan to pass it. And I'm telling you, there wasn't one ounce of dissent. Not This is my seventh day here. There hasn't been one word of a dissent by any delegate, certainly not the United States. I sent to your producer a photo that Tedros Gebrasius, the uh, director general of the WHO, he has a picture of himself with our U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services. His arm is around Xavier Becerra's saying, this is my guy. This is my friend. We're, we're working on the pandemic treaty. We're working on the amendments to the international health rules. We are all, the, I, I want to thank him that America is all committed and we are going to get this done. So all I can say to you, America, and to the United States Congress, is unless we register some dissent, unless Congress finally gets off their hind legs and says, get us out of the World Health Organization, this is going to be done from a, a year from now. They're going to do a simulation this fall based upon the proposed pandemic treaty and based upon these proposed amendments. They're going to do a simulation this fall acting under as though this is already a done deal, but a year from now they plan implementation. So just be prepared. If they take another bioweapon and release it, oh, this will be done. So, hat tip to Bannon's war room. That was Michelle Bachman who was at uh, the 76th World Health Organization Assembly, and you can see how they intend on using the powers of this treaty to manipulate us. And this is kind of the whole concept of the European Union and and the whole Brexit movement, right? They understand the plan is what you do is you get involved with the European Union 
and then the people of Br- the European Union makes all kinds of decisions about how things are going to be done so that, for example, you can have uh, open migration through European Union countries. And then citizens in Britain have to deal with their healthcare systems being overrun by migrants, uh, their schools being overrun by migrants, the social problems that are coming in with this unrestricted immigration, and they have no way of uh, addressing their grievances with their elected officials because they have no control over the uh, over the European Union uh, uh, leaders. Okay, and that was the whole genesis of the Brexit movement. The Brits were like, "We don't like that," and so we want out. Okay, that this is just another means at gaining control. The United States is a problem because we have this constitution, and they're trying to circumvent it by using this World Health Organization. And I have shown you guys over and over again um, that this guy, uh, Tedros, who's the, uh, I don't, I forget what you call him, the Secretary General or the Director of the World Health Organization is an Ethiopian guy. He's handpicked by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, you know, China is involved in the Belt and Roads initiatives where that China goes into countries like Ethiopia. They invest a lot of money and they create, uh, basically they get these countries in debt to China. And so then China, uh, ostensibly has control over the way these countries vote and behave on the world stage. And this Tedros guy is a handpicked guy by the Chinese Communist Party and has been uh, working at the World Health Organization, and he had a huge role at uh, the entire pandemic and how it was un- uh, re- unleashed on us. Everything from lying about the origins of COVID, which we now know is gain-of-function research. Fauci's been busted with that. A gain of that we funded the United States, gain-of-function research on this COVID uh, virus, that it was released from the Wuhan lab, the charitable explanation is that it was released accidentally. Uh, who knows? But the idea that it came from nature was a complete lie. Uh, they they completely lied to us about that. Uh, the vaccinations and their effectiveness, uh, we've, sh- we've done it on this show many times, how these same types of people, media folks and politicians and heads of agencies telling us that vaccines will stop it. You know, the smug Rachel Maddow, if you get the vaccine, it stops. It can't infect another person. Oh, my God, the smugness. Uh, you know, these same people are trying to gain control of the United States through the back door through this World Health Organization. And what I've been trying to show you week in and week out is that these people, whether they're at the head of the FDA, the CDC, the World Health Organization, uh, and in our government politicians, they don't have your best interest at heart. Preserving the Constitution is the way. America is still the greatest society that ever existed. We've got a lot of work to do to save her. I hope today's show was helpful in getting you guys to understand the world around you. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening to me. I will see you guys next time on the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber. You're listening to me on America's Web Radio. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.